This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. All statements and opinions expressed by guests of the Adult in the Room podcast are strictly their own and do not necessarily reflect the beliefs or opinions of the host, producers, or advertisers. All interviews are presented in their most complete possible form in the interests of free speech. No statements should be interpreted as financial, legal, or medical advice. Listener and viewer discretion are strongly advised. It's the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. That's me. Welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast with Victoria Taft. You know, if you've watched or listened to the podcast over the last couple of years, we've paid some attention here on the Adult in the Room podcast to how parents have fought back against the woke culture's sweeping changes in your kids' schools. We've spoken to Asra Namani and Shana Yashar about their local schools abandoning meritocracy in Virginia, kids working hard to get ahead, to get good grades, only to have the school district disregard all this hard work in the name of equity and hurt feelings because we can't have hurt feelings. Now, the left is trying to extinguish competition. And I'll tell you why. Because that is the mother's milk of capitalism. And they hate it because commies don't like capitalism because it squeezes them out, provides and requires them actually to compete. And the reason I say that is because I learned that very thing from just watching the left and getting a firsthand lesson about it on a show on Homeless that we've done recently on the Adult in the Room podcast, in which our... Uh, Guest said, no, it's all about capitalism, if you can believe it. What? It's all about the system of government. So competition is the expression of the internal spirit to get better. And the left wants to kill that spirit in the name of equity because they are so wedded to the soft bigotry of low expectations that they don't care if they leave huge swaths of kids left behind. Now, okay, I said soft bigotry. But I meant straight-up bigotry. And I wouldn't be so harsh if it weren't true and on brand. You know, schools have become an expression of the far left's political ideology at your child's and all of it, at education's expense. Indeed, only the future of our country depends on having sharp, inquisitive, engaged kids to be ready to take on the mantle of American exceptionalism. What is that? It's expressed by the rule of law, the love of country, Equal rights, the ownership society that regular Americans used to be able to attain with a little hard work and ambition. Concentrating on the main things, the fundamental things are anathema to the left because that connotes an objective truth and order. They want chaos. But they've come for your kids' schools, that mob of Jacobins, those chaos actors, because they hate what American Americans have always striven to be. 
The schools have been turned over to the teachers unions. And if you doubt me, look back to COVID. Randy Weingartner of the American Federation of Teachers or the people at the NEA had more say in your school's response to COVID than you did. And through it all, weaponized COVID misinformation and disinformation that we're only learning about now occurred, while at the same time telling skeptical parents they were the ones who were the dis and misinformers. So besides ending all the government unions, which have overseen the demise of the excellence of schools, and go look at the numbers if you doubt me, there have been other ways that parents have fought back. Ian Pryor has been in the middle of the battle with Asra, Ashana. He's also sort of struck out on his own, become a tactician in the parents' fight against the left's machine. He's basically a field general, and he wrote a book about it, and he's telling you how to get it done. Parents of the World Unite, How to Save Our Schools from the Left's Radical Agenda. Ian Pryor, welcome to the Adult in the Room podcast. How are you? Great. Thanks for having me on the show. Well, how did I summarize it? Is that pretty much what the battle is? Yeah, I, you know, I think so. And, and uh, you know, I think really it, it is a battle, um, and, and you are dealing with people that, you know, they're putting agendas over things like the rule of law, over things like the constitutional system, checks and balances, the idea of citizen representation. And and in their mindset, you know, these these bureaucrats, these educrats, um, and these school board members that, that, you know, really rubber stamp this, they're smarter than you. They know more than you. Um, so you just have to listen to them as they guide your kids to the future that they decide for them. And if you push back on that, well, there you're going to have to suffer a consequence, and, and that's really sort of the story of of Loudoun County, Virginia. But but not just Loudoun County, Virginia. I think parents are seeing it really everywhere as they stand up and push back. And look, these are not you know people that that normally may have gone into a, a voting booth and just voted Republican, right? I mean, yeah, there's a lot of those, but they're people that really have been awoken for the first time. Um, to what's going on with with their children's education, and they've really become single issue voters here. Uh, and and so in Loudoun County, we I mean we had a series of events over the course of you know really going on two years now that that just show how these how these bureaucrats and how these these woke elected officials um, you know continue to implement their agenda over the basic things that the schools require parents require in their schools, which is school safety. Um, performance, achievement, and academics. It's kind of basic, but they they take their eyes off the main thing uh, because it connotes objective truth. Um, and they they want objective truth to be extinct and they want truth to be on a sliding scale and they want to be in charge of the scale. So how do you reel it back? Well, it's, you know, that's the thing. I think people need to understand while this is something that really the people, parents got under the hood of the car during COVID when they're sitting at home next to their kids who are on their Chromebooks. It's not something that just happened overnight. Um, this has really been going on for decades. You know, you can go back to the, the formation of the Department of Education where you really create a power center. And when you create that power center, it's going to attract special interests. And they're going to use that centralized power to really, you know, force local entities to comply. And, and in order, you know, if you want the, the federal money that's going to come along with this, there are going to be conditions. And it, it's taken a long time to really get to this point, but that's where we are now. So 
it's something that it's not going to be solved in three years or five years, maybe even 10 years, but it's going to require a sustained push. And, you know, one of the things that we learned in Virginia uh, in 2021 was that education in and of itself, when you poll people on, on issues that are important to them in an election, if people aren't talking about the education issue, yeah, it's maybe five, six on the list. But once you start talking about it, especially as we did in Virginia, by you know, by the time the election came around, it was the number one issue going into the weekend before the election. So that's why it's so important. You've got to keep pushing. I like your your steps and how to do that, how to accomplish that. Uh, I Glenn Youngkin is governor because of you guys. That's it. That's the that's that's it. That's the story. And thank God for that. Um, you lo- you liken your book to Sun Tzu's Art of War. Explain that a little bit. Well, you know, I think that there's there's a lot of issues out there that, that parents are pushing back on, and they have been for years. Uh, you know, they'll go to school board meetings, they'll talk about a, a specific issue, and and there's ebbs and flows in that in that process. Um, but when you're taking on, as we were, you know, a $1.6 billion organization, you really need to think strategically, you really need to think tactically, and you need to operationalize or, you know, it's going to fade out. Um, and so, you know, we really decided early on that, you know, we needed to take it to the school board and we need to use everything at our disposal, you know, whether it's communication channels, whether it's legal means, whether it's grassroots, um, and energize a community. It's not enough for you know, 200 people to show up at a school board meeting and protest something, those 200 people have to build and build and build more people. They're at least aware of what is going on. And and that can't be done with just one tactic. It takes multiple tactics to really start to make change. And, you know, ironically, you know, the key inflection point in Loudoun County, you know, it, the, the parents helped Glenn Youngkin get elected, but it was the, the, the activists and the, the school board itself that, that really activated those parents to get involved by you know, going so far beyond the, the bounds of civilized society um, that parents just said enough. And, and you know, we thought long and hard about our approach. And, and certainly we didn't design everything from, from the get-go and say, this is every step we're going to take and this is going to be the result. But we were very um, flexible in our, in our approach to understand that there was a lot at play here. What came first for you, America First Legal, or was it this issue? And and how did you keep how did you keep politics out of it? I joined America First Legal um, last February, really as a result of my experiences um, in Loudoun County and in the fight. And, and you know, one of the things that that we realized was the power of of legal action um, to to vindicate people's rights. You know, the the first real moment of that was was in May of, of 2021 when a, a teacher by the name of Tanner Cross, who was an elementary school physical physical education teacher, he was put on suspension merely for going to speak at a school board meeting um, about a, a proposed policy that would, you know, force people um, to refer to kids by their preferred pronouns. And if they didn't, they could be disciplined. So he went in there and said, you know, look, based on my religious beliefs, this is not something that I'm comfortable with. And he got suspended. And that was a big inflection point in what happened in Loudoun County because it, it further built this coalition. And what happened, he eventually, um, very shortly thereafter, went to court, got an injunction. He was reinstated, then went to the Virginia Supreme Court when they challenged it, and he won again there. And that was a big victory that I think 
gave parents motivation that, hey, your rights still count. And so that's one of the reasons why I thought America First Legal was just such a great organization because, you know, we're able to go out there and talk to parents and say, look, we're a public interest organization. You know, if you're dealing with these issues in your school and your constitutional rights or your children's constitutional rights are being violated, we want to help you. The the issues seem to transcend mere politics. People will say, oh, you're you must be far right or you're crazy or whatever. But, you know, when a kid's raped in a bathroom by a trans kid and that's not the first time that happened by that same person, that's not politics. That's just what's right and what's wrong. How did that go for you? Yeah, I think that's I think that's exactly right. I mean, the the first inflection point, I think I told you the second inflection point, but the first inflection point was when you had a private Facebook group in March of 2021 called the Anti-Racist Parents of Loudoun County, and they created an enemies list, essentially, of parents to, to target um, who were, you know, a, a, a group of parents, right? It was, it was some parents that were protesting, you know, critical race theory in the teacher trainings or infused in the curriculum, and other parents that were pushing to open schools. And, and within those groups, you didn't just have a, mon, you know, a, a monotonous group of individuals that were all conservative, Right. I mean, you had independents, you had Democrats, you had lots of people who, you know, saw that as, look, this is this is dangerous behavior when you're attacking the messenger as opposed to debating the message. And that really, I think, brought people of all stripes to the fight when they suspended Tanner Cross. Interestingly, you would have people come to the school board meetings afterwards and say, look, I don't agree with what he said, but I agree with his right to say it. And so and, and now we're dealing with a situation where the school wants to you know, create unisex bathrooms, right? So that there's no longer sex segregated bathrooms, just sex bathrooms. It's going to be an $11 million pilot program. At the same time, they're cutting special education money. So now you've just activated the parents that are concerned with special education who, again, are not necessarily part of one you know, political affiliation. That's what they don't realize. It's, see, the problem is that they are so focused on politics. They're so focused on political affiliation and who you vote for that they can't understand that their actions have repercussions that don't necessarily track along partisan lines. You know, you've made so much impact, not just obviously in Virginia, but across the country. People, there are outposts of sanity in the West Coast, West Coast. There, for example, in Oregon, something's happening to the extent that the new governor there has uh, made it her mission to arrogate all control for curricula and all the attendant things that come with critical race theory and whatever happens to be in the news or the fad of the moment to the state. She's arrogating it all to the state. That's what she wants. There's a bill. I don't think I don't think it's passed yet, and I don't think she signed it. But that is how much impact this group of people who started out in Virginia have made an impact across the country. Yeah, and, and, you know, that's certainly an unfortunate development if that happens. But on the flip side, you know, you're seeing states all over the place passing school choice legislation, which, you know, school choice is not a not a cure-all, but what it does is it creates competition. And it, it allows parents who feel trapped in the public school system to have somewhere else they can go. It also creates competition between states. So, I mean, if you live in, you know, Virginia, say, and, and you know, North Carolina has school choice and, and Virginia doesn't, well, you might consider moving over the border and say, well, I can work from home and, you know, 
now that's uh, that's a cost I, I, I don't have to, to pay to send my kids to private school or to homeschool or whatever the case may be. So it's going to create sort of this snowball effect. And I think we're starting to see this really across the country. Yeah, I, it's true. Um, and but you've got some you've got some things that you tell people to do. You have like a to do list of things that people can do. And it sounds like you said art of war. It's get in there and fight back. And every neighborhood is a battlefield. Yeah. And, and, you know, that's it's the I mean, the chapters are sort of divided up into kind of strategies or rules or, or, or lessons. And it's true. I mean, every neighborhood is a battlefield. And, you know, I heard some people out here in Loudoun County that, that don't like me very much say that he wants to turn every neighborhood into a battlefield. Like, that's not what I'm saying. But I'm saying it already is. And it's not a battlefield where you're going to go out with, you know, guns and pitchforks, hopefully. Um, but what it is, is a battlefield of ideas. And there are people in your communities, in your neighborhoods, and they don't want you to believe what you believe, right? They don't want you to raise your children according to the way that you see fit. They don't want you to speak the opinions that you have. They want you to believe what they believe. They want you to raise your children the way they want you to, and they want you to speak the opinions that they have. And if you don't, right, well, then they will take action against you. And and that is not the way. I mean, you know, I, I always believe that the marketplace of ideas is is how we progress. If you want progress, engage in the marketplace of ideas. If you think you have a better argument than me on something or a better argument on someone than something, then make your points. Make your points. Use your First Amendment rights. Go out there. Write op-eds about why you disagree with this. Go point by point. Do that. That is the way of, you know, the American experiment. But what we're seeing here is that People, they don't care if, you know, you were at a cookout with them, you know, five months ago. They're going to come after you if you don't believe what they believe. It is true. A total domination of all institutions and all mind mindset is a must for them because they can't win in the arena of ideas. Joe Biden recently said, and I want to get your take on what your reaction was when you when you heard this, that all the children are ours. They're not the parents. What the actual freaking A, man? Well, you know, that's straight out of, you know, Karl Marx, the straight out of Vladimir Lenin. Um, you know, let's let's separate the child from the mother as, as soon as they're physically able. Um, because they want to they want to build ideologues. They want to have uniformity of thought. And then they want to be able to control that thought. So once once everybody is conditioned to believe the same thing, that gives the people in power more power. Because they now have, a, you know, an army of people that all think the same way that, you know, there should be diversity of thought. Not necessarily everybody should believe the same thing. I have my ideas. I don't necessarily think that everybody needs to adopt the ideas I have. I respect the rights of people to disagree. And that's the problem that we're having in this society. And unfortunately, we're seeing it bleed into schools where, you know, like you don't have the right to disagree, whether it's based on you know, religion, whether it's based on science, whether it's based on common sense, you don't have the right to disagree. If you disagree, you'll be shut down, you'll be disciplined, and you'll be made into a pariah. This is an interesting area. It's a unique area. This is the DMV, they call it. Uh, and it's the immediate area around Washington, D.C. This is the area where parents are bureaucrats or mind, uh, they're thought leaders. They are people who make decisions and their decisions impact your life. These are some of the parents then 
that go to these meetings and say, oh, hell no, we we disagree and or push back on people like you because they don't want you to speak. This is the interesting thing about it. As you continued your battle there in this very unique area of the country, what were some of your takeaways? I mean, you might have the FBI assistant director's kids going to the schools in your area, and you've got other people who, generally speaking, would not agree with you. What? How has that been to navigate that? Well, I mean, it, it's been interesting. And, and one of the things that certainly I've always tried to do and that, you know, people that that are like in our circle that really organized what we were doing did was, you know, to play by the rules. Uh, the other side doesn't necessarily play by the rules. And, and, you know, maybe they have the refs, the local refs looking out for them. So you got to be extra clean um, and, and you need to make sure that, you know, when you're talking about public officials or you're talking about individuals, you're talking about what they say and do in their role as public officials or what people say and do when they're out there speaking on the public square. You know, and even when you get attacked personally, um, it's it's important to, you know, if you have to get attacked personally, you take that up legally, but you don't you don't get in the mud with people. Um, you know, I kind of I, I was like the uh, the be like Mike idea, which, you know, I think about Michael Jordan, you know, in the late 80s and 90s. And um, he had to go through hell when he was playing the Detroit Pistons or when he was playing the New York Knicks. I mean, they would foul him, you know, technical fouls, just really dirty plays. And he didn't fight back. But what he did do is he got stronger, got a smile on his face, stuck out his tongue, scored, you know, 35 points a game and on his way to six <laughs> NBA titles. And that's the way to go is be like Mike. Don't let them don't let them get you into the mud. Keep your eyes on the prize and focus. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it? <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. You know, my favorite baseball player, Tony Gwynn, my favorite baseball player of all time because he was a good man as well as an excellent craftsman in baseball would talk about <clears throat> all the batteries that batteries like you know not double a's i'm talking d's and c's big ones they'd throw at him as he uh, was in right field at wrigley field and how he would just respond by stroking that ball because he had the best batting average of anybody you know for for many years wonderful hitter just getting the hitting um hitting champ and, you know, it's the same thing, like, be like Mike. And I just, you know, I just admired him so much. A lot of adversity for him. And especially when people are throwing projectiles at you. And people are throwing projectiles at you, too. And they're not above doing that, by the way, literally, physically assaulting people. We've seen it over and over and over in the Northwest, in the California, West Coast, West Coast, Antifa. You've got people... Uh, who have been very willing, thank you very much, to destroy institutions, literally set them on fire, as in Portland and Seattle, and the same thing in uh, L.A. and San Francisco. Um, this is not nothing. You have taken on quite a bit to be as outspoken as you are. Have you ever been threatened personally? 
Have I ever been threatened personally? I, you know, I don't, not that I'm aware of. I have had people send mailers to everyone in my neighborhood but me calling me a racist. So that was fun. You know, this is a parents of my, my kids' friends. Um, I've had things sent to my house. I've had people personally attack me online. I've had, um, you know, a lot of suspicious things that I couldn't necessarily, you know, prove. Um, but, it, you know, definitely when you step out and, and the higher you get in sort of the, the profile of stepping out, the, the more risk you, you, you take on. And it, it's unfortunate because, look, I'm willing to meet with anybody, right? Provided that, you know, there's, there's ground rules, right? I mean, if you're going to lie about me out in public, are you going to attack me personally out in public? Well, I'm not going to meet with you. But if we have a disagreement on policy issues, hey, I'd love nothing more than to sit down with you and see, are there places where there's there's some degree of agreement or let me let me understand your side better. You can understand my side better. You know, some people are willing to do that on the other side. Unfortunately, the ones that aren't are the ones that really have the most control and are the most aggressive um, and use these tactics to, to harass and intimidate people, which is ironic because the attorney general of the United States was talking about harassment and intimidation at school board meetings. Um, but nothing about the, the people that speak at school board meetings or speak out against policies who are harassed and intimidated. Well, that's true. Uh, what did you respond? Uh, how did you respond to the person who sent around these packets of materials calling you a racist? What did you do? Did you fight back legally or how did that work out? Uh, you know, I mean, I, I reported to law enforcement. I tweeted it out with with some laughing emojis and just kept on moving. Um, you know, that's it, you know, the minute you start engaging with these these people, whether it's on social media or um, in any other forum, you know, they've won, basically. So, you know, we just kept our eyes on the prize and focused. And, and that's, you know, one of the chapters of my book is like, find the right bad guys, you know. And I use it in bad, it quotes in bad guys. Yeah, I'm not saying that they're bad people. I'm saying that they're bad elected officials. And, and the, you know, you, you're not going to go and get in this, neighborhood to neighborhood or community to community fight with with other people that's just that's toxic and it accomplishes nothing um now taking taking it to the elected officials well that's your constitutional right it's your first amendment right to petition the government for redress of grievances and and you know we always tried to be as humorous as we could about it not you know too humorous but some levity um you know play within the rules make sure that you're again focusing on what they're doing and saying as either candidates or elected officials, but highlight that and investigate. Go in there and, you know, one of the other things, and, and I don't know if I put this in the book, and perhaps I should have, but th that always struck my mind was, was the movie The Untouchables and, and how, you know, they didn't get Al Capone on bootlegging, they didn't get him on murder, they got him on tax evasion. And that's what I see with a lot of these school systems is that they don't have the support of the majority in a lot of these places for a lot of these you know, insane policies that they're trying to, you know, foist on people. So they've got to cut corners, right? They've got to lie. They've got to hide things. They have to do all that. And that is something that I think most people, most sane people across the political spectrum say, well, you know, I, I, don't, I don't like the lying. I don't like the hiding. I don't like the covering things up. And that's how, you know, you, really an effective strategy is you're not going to be able to play whack-a-mole with all these different things, but find that connective tissue which is if you have elected officials and publicly you know, funded organizations that are blatantly lying to their representatives, that's a real problem. And they're going to end up going to have an issue with it. They, that's a foundational principle. Telling the truth is foundational. It's a first principle. And when they're not doing it, they're doing something wrong. 
And they're probably doing other things wrong as well. And you guys got one of the school board members, as I recall, I believe that's who it was. He was, oh no, it was the assistant uh, superintendent where he lied and got, you know, he basically lied about not knowing about the, the rapist. And then they, what happens? He knows about this and allows a man to be dragged out by the cops. And that man, the father of the rape victim. My God. Yeah. So that, that was our, our former our former superintendent and our now indicted superintendent. We also have our former or our current on leave spokesperson who's on trial for perjury um, for allegedly lying to a grand jury. And that all stems from the same incident. But, you know, and I'll, I'll explain that, too. But, you know, one of the things that I would say is that the school board and the school system, they, they have like I talked about these inflection points. And things could have been very different, right? I mean, if when, when you have that private Facebook group that six school board members were in, if they had all come out and say, look, we denounce this, this is the atrocious behavior, um, we're removing ourselves from this group, well, we wouldn't have tried to remove those school board members and we wouldn't have ever galvanized volunteers and, and, and gotten media from it, right? And, you know, maybe Terry McAuliffe is governor. If they didn't put Tanner Cross on leave, you know, maybe we don't get another surge in momentum that carries us through that summer and puts all these people at school board meetings. And if 250 people didn't sign up to speak at a school board meeting where the arrest of the father happened, you know, maybe that cover-up is never uncovered. But it was because they kept making mistakes based on their own political agenda, and they still haven't learned the lesson. And the lesson is very simple. Represent your constituency, not your political party, not some special interest that's donating your campaign, no, represent your community, especially at a school board level, for crying out loud. I mean, we're not talking about, you know, 10, 20, 30, 60 million dollar Senate races. We're talking about at best $50,000 for a school board race. Is it that important that you appease your, your donors or that you appease your political party while you're serving on a school board? Well, I guess for them, the answer still seems to be yes, but, you know, we'll see going forward. I see that. Amer I think it's a Maryland school district. I listen a lot to... Uh what or east coast radio and um because i'm a radio guy and uh, one of the gals or one of the uh, uh districts is now reducing the amount considering reducing the amount of time that parents have to speak because they've uh just they've you know they they can't abide their their uh opinions and i just think that's very interesting and they say it they say it out loud and they say it like they have every right to do that. I suppose they have all of their rules that they can abide by, but they're, they don't say why. It's just that parents have exceeded their time limits. Really? Well, the, the, the excuse is usually that, well, we only make, you know, $20,000 a year to do this. It takes up so much time. These school board meetings run till well after midnight. Um, so we need to cut public comment, right? Okay, well, here's something you can cut. All the proclamations that you vote on, these school boards, it's like this month is going to be, you know, driving under the speed limit proclamation month. This is going to be LGBT proclamation month three because we already have two. And like, oh, but we because we want to make everybody feel included. Like nobody cares about proclamation months. No kid that, that I, you know, certainly I, I went to school. I don't think we ever had a proclamation month. I don't think anybody you know, lost sleep over that and went home crying to mommy and daddy saying, we don't have a proclamation month for people that, you know, that like Transformers are more than GoBots. I mean, it's just absurd. And they spend so much time on this. It's like, why don't you cut 
the fat from what you're actually doing in your official duties and not cut what is, you know, constitutional rights, go speak at a school board meeting. I, I especially, I thought it was rich that one of the uh, school board, I think I saw this on your Twitter timeline where one of the school board members says, well, you know, we're just doing our jobs. We're, we're going to fund those bathrooms, the single sex bathrooms. And, and that's what we're going to do, irrespective of the fact that they have to cut special education to do it. Well, don't blame me. I'm just the guy making the decisions. It was, you know, one of your, your tenets is make your fight must see TV. That must be one of the objects that you came up with because that guy looks like he's wholly without. Well, you know, we, back in the day, they would actually have the cameras on the speaker's faces, which really allowed, you know, the, the people to go in there and give dynamic speeches and the speeches that were really dynamic Ended up getting a lot of play on social media, getting play on television, um, turned into everyday parents going on TV as, as guests talking about what's going on. Um, but then they, they turned the cameras to them, right? And, and now it's the school board. It's all on the school board. So, okay, that's great because everything you say and do, especially the stupid things, is going to make a different kind of must-see TV. So you really can't win with your little games <laughs> when you do it that way. You talk about when they mobilize, go gorilla and also flip the script for parents. Suggestions. So how do they do that and stay within the bounds of rules? Yeah, I mean, look, I think that, you know, flip the script, it's when when this enemies list came out, um, they, they were talking about how they wanted to infiltrate parent groups. They wanted to publicly expose them. Uh, well, you know, they got infiltrated and they got publicly exposed. The difference being that, you know, they want to infiltrate parent groups to publicly expose them for, I don't know, personal issues, right? Whereas they got infiltrated and exposed for doing that for doing something that goes beyond the bounds of civilized society that you wouldn't expect people in your community to be doing to each other, right? So that's how you do it with the rule of law is you flip the script, but you always maintain that, look, we're going to do this and we're going to do it according to the rule of law and according to things that are a matter of public concern, not things that, you know, you're bent out of shape because you don't like your, you know, your neighbor because they disagree with you on something. Um, as far as, you know, when they mobilize, go gorilla. You know, that takes us back to that that meeting where the, the dad was arrested. You know, at that point, we had sort of had a run of show on on television and on earned media. Um, but it but at that moment, there was a very big opportunity for them to change the narrative, to flip the script on us. Right. And say, oh, look, look what we have here. We have these insurrectionist parents. And, you know, OK, we recognize the trap that that they were setting. They, they wanted to play in the air. They wanted to play the the narrative. So we were just going to ignore it. There were no school board meetings for two months. We're just going to hit the ground. Uh, we're going to go out and gather the signatures we needed for our removal campaigns. We're going to go out, talk to people, um, you know, go to go to parades, do everything on the ground that, you know, a political candidate might do. But instead, we were just parents really trying to bring attention to it. And we already had the benefit of everybody knowing what we were doing because we had had so much coverage in the media. Well, and that that backfired on them. The the arrest of the dad totally backfired on him. I mean, that was just amazing. Uh, you talk about flip the script. Holy crap! That was in real time flipping the script. How dare you, sick, a uh, guy with a gun on a man who is just trying to get some answers about his kid? And it turns out they were lying about it the whole time. Well, I mean, that's that's when we knew. Uh, you know, there was a week in September, October, maybe a two week period where. 
we knew things were going to go undergo some big changes. And, and it started with um, the Terry McAuliffe, Glenn Youngkin debate where McAuliffe says, I don't think parents should be telling schools what to teach. We're like, well, wow, that's a that's a campaign ad right there. Then you get the NSBA memo that, you know, quickly flipped into Merrick Garland saying, yeah, we're going to utilize the Patriot Act to authorize the FBI and U.S. attorneys to investigate parents. Um, and that obviously motivated parents. And then, you know, locally, we... Um, we had our success in court in one of our removal cases um, that we thought, you know, we're, we're probably going to win this. Ultimately, the, the school board member stepped down. But those three moments really sort of started to build the momentum. And then, um, you know, and then at that point, that was when the story came out about the uh, the second sexual assault and, and the cover up. And uh, I mean, it was just, you know, that that really changed the course of history. So do you believe, uh, you talked about the fact that the DOJ was going after some of these parents and this fake, uh, you know, Biden-produced letter, basically, to the school boards association and all that stuff. Do you ever feel like you were being spied on? Uh, you know, I did a privacy act request. I never I never got anything from them. Um but I think there were a lot of parents that were concerned, and we later found out that they did investigate parents um, through, you know, a whistleblower went to um, Jim Jordan's committee, and they did. They tagged parents, and, and they investigated parents, and, you know, they didn't prosecute anyone because they didn't have anything. Um, but it was very concerning, especially in, in Loudoun County, where, you know, we have a Soros-backed prosecutor who, you know, would 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 love nothing more than to, to go off after those painful parents that, you know, are going after her political allies. Uh, so, you know, there, there always is a bit of a concern with that. Fortunately, we have a, you know, we have a law and order sheriff and, and now we have, you know, a governor Youngkin and an attorney general Miares who, you know, look, we wouldn't have had them if it hadn't been for these radical activists, right? If it hadn't been for these radical activists pushing parents to the brink to actually stand up and say, look, I'm going to punch through all this. I'm not going to worry about what people call me and what people say about me. You know, this is a fight worth taking. And so we did that. And then, you know, Glenn Youngkin appoints Jason Yaris to or um, authorizes Jason Yaris to investigate Loudoun County Public Schools. And now the superintendent who was implementing all the stuff that they liked is facing criminal charges in trial in August and September. Yeah, that's what happens when you lie to a grand jury, man. Sucks to be you kind of a thing. Um, what is your background? How did you get involved in all of this? Because you sound like you know what you're talking about. I <laughs> mean. Yeah, I was a lawyer in New England for the, you know, first 10 years of my career. I I wasn't like super political at all, you know. I didn't I wouldn't even consider myself a Republican then. I think I voted both ways like many times. Um and then I ended up getting in on a campaign um to, to somebody that was a, a friend of of a cousin of mine in Rhode Island who was the former head of the state police there, uh, running as a Republican. You know, he was a great person, great to work with. Uh, he didn't end up winning, but that I ended up going down to Washington, D.C., where I started working in politics, worked at the NRCC, American Crossroads, and ultimately went to um, the Department of Justice as a, in a communications role. Um, so I've had a lot of different things between legal, um, political, and communications that, that really fit the, the mold of, of what, you know, I think somebody needed, at least in a leadership role in this fight in Loudoun County, where you could kind of look and see the most of the traps. I mean, you don't you don't see all of them because sometimes you 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 know you don't expect your your fellow um, community members to be as as you know malicious as as they are. Um, but generally, it was you know it was something where we were able to operate in an efficient manner 
knowing that we had communication channels, we had to understand the politics of things, and we had to understand the, the legal nature of things. Were you out at the DOJ when Merrick Garland came in or what? No, I was there um, 2017 and 2018 at the beginning of the Trump administration. Oh, okay. All right. So was that a political appointment or yeah. just? Okay. Yeah. Well, good for you. Right on. Um, and then, of course, Garland comes in and bye. Or, you know, but I mean, that would have happened anyway. We know that. Of course. You know, 2018 was a different kettle of squid altogether. Um, you talk about running through walls. You talk about don't let them off the ropes. I mean, these are really smart things. But yet do that, all of it within the bounds of the law, clearly, obviously, without being, be a happy warrior. Be glad you're there. Remember the main thing it are the kids. The main thing is the kids. And we shouldn't lose sight of what our outcome is. But how do you decide what the outcome is? It certainly wasn't something that you decided at the outset that, hey, we're going to get rid of the superintendent. No, you just wanted to hold his feet to the fire, right? And so how do you how do you goal set? Yeah, I, I think that the the outcomes shift um, as as we progress and as as the timeline um, you know moves forward. And and at first our our mission was well, we want to remove the six school board members that were part of that Facebook group that you know, didn't remove themselves, that didn't apologize, that didn't denounce it. And that, you know, that's how we really mobilized. Um, but, you know, we knew that was going to be a tough task. It's a very difficult process in Virginia, which requires your local prosecutor to actually be on your side, which we didn't have. We had success in one of them. Um, but by the time we had that success, I mean, that was earth shattering and it was, you know, a vindication. Um, but then the game changes a little bit because now you're not dealing with a private Facebook group anymore. Now you're dealing with a cover-up of a sexual assault to pass a transgender bathroom policy. And so, you know, at that moment, I thought, look, we gotta we gotta double down on this. But but really, the focus needs to be on on changing power in in the capital in Richmond because if we don't, this is all going to get swept under the rug. Um, so for about a month, I think we were very focused on on making sure that that Yunkin won. Um, and then after that, it, it shifted again. And, you know, we had two other removals that we tried. We weren't successful. The system sort of surrounded us and, and we weren't able to succeed. But, you know, it wasn't as important anymore because we knew that there was an actual investigation going on. Um, so we did everything we could to, to get as much information out publicly, um, it, you know, in, in the public forum while that investigation was going on, you know, specifically highlighting the fact that, uh, they wouldn't give us the independent report that they had done and said would, you know, or implied would be released. We took them to court on that. Uh, we weren't successful there, but now the attorney general is doing it and we think that they were going to be successful. Um, we we put out lots of different information that we had in, in hundreds and thousands of pages of FOIAs that showed that the school system wasn't reporting the sexual assaults as they told the public. Um, and we, and, you know, our goal was to, to really put as much out there and, and ultimately hope for the best. And then what happened in, you know, December of, of 2022, we get a special grand jury report that really confirmed, I'd say, just about everything that we were saying um, for the past two years, which is that you had a school system and a school board that was more focused on covering their collective butts than school safety or, you know, academics. And then the, the superintendent got, got indicted. So the, the end game always sort of shifts. Ultimately, the end game needs to be expose it expose it and let the people know what is going on. And your hope is that they're paying attention enough that, that, that you're going to make change. When you FOIA'd, did they give you electronic records or did they pull the old Hillary Clinton thing 
and give you copies of electronic records. So you have to physically go through them and vet them. Uh, well, they, they didn't even give me the independent report. They just said, you know, attorney-client privilege, which I thought was ironic because I can't say, <laughs> like, on one end, it's independent, right? And then on the other end, it's attorney-client privilege. Like, well, you got to pick one. Either uh, it's attorney-client privilege and you, you kind of lie to everybody, or it's independent and you got to give it to us. Uh, but when they do FOIA, it's usually electronic. I mean, I've had I've had times where they actually give me the documents, like boxes of documents, which are, mm. you know, gold mines of information. But, you know, like anything, they adapt, right? And And now they... They over um, exclude things. They overuse attorney-client privilege. They o- overuse for you know student privacy, yep. or you know if there's there's student a lot privacy. of material charge you. Yeah, I'll charge you like thirty-seven thousand dollars for you know a tranche of documents, which is a, obviously a disincentive um, to to send Freedom of Information Act requests. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I saw that. Um, you know, I saw you on Tucker Carlson recently, not too awfully long ago, late March talking about your book, which is Parents of the World Unite, How to Save Our Schools from the Left's Agenda. Well, what do you think of T- Tucker being ousted from Fox News? What's the what's the result? Well, you, you know, think? I mean, I saw his, um, his, his post last night. And, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, I think Tucker has, has really built enough of a name where you can get 47 million views on a on a tweet video. Um, so, yeah. you know, I like Tucker. I always, I always enjoyed going on his show. I felt like a good rapport with him. Um, and I think he brings attention to a lot of things that, you know, other, other shows or other reporters may not go. So I think he's, I think everybody is, is looking to see what's next because whatever it is, it's going to be very big. Hey, you know what? You'll be able to go on his program, whatever it ends up being or wherever, what platform he decides to go with. And it's really up to him, his decision. And uh, I enjoy watching you over there, too. And I thank you very much, Ian Pryor, for coming on the Adult in the Room podcast. I know you've given a lot of your time and I really appreciate it. We don't take it for granted. Thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Adult in the Room podcast. To keep the programs you like to listen to, please rate this podcast with a fantastic five stars on your Apple podcast app every time you listen. And give me a great review. Plus, of course, subscribe to the podcast. It makes a difference with the big tech algorithm and the big tech oligarchs. And it makes us easier to find. Please get in touch with me on all the big tech stuff. Yeah, we're still there. Using the names Victoria Taft or the Adult in the Room podcast on MeWe, Parlor, Minds, Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thanks to 1A Cast for imaging, editing, and production. The fantastic song is Gospel by the March 4th Band of Portland, Oregon. Music for Antifa versus Mike Strickland is Ride or Die by Raps by RC. The Adult in the Room podcast is also a production of Flamingo Road Studios. Remember, head up, heart out, and strive to be the adult in the room. Till next time, mischief managed.